Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Director of Formation at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. And we are excited to have Jackie back after one week away. Jackie, yes, what were you doing? It was too, it was too long away. Uh, we've been having actually a lot of squadron events. Our, we're having a change of command, um, for a new commander of our squadron. And so it's been a fun, busy week. Busy times. I know. I'm so excited. It's so busy exciting. for your friends here at the Faith to Go podcast, but oh, that's all right. Don't put that we on wish me. You will. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We are happy to have you back. Yeah, though. we're happy you're back. <laughs> Um, okay, so we find ourselves uh, back in, not back, I mean, we're still in Easter, mm-hmm. week four of Easter in year C. It's um, moving so fast. I know, it's moving fast. It's we're fast. blowing through these weeks. Um, and so we, like every week on the Faith Go podcast, we'll read the gospel and then each take some time to highlight a point from the gospel that we hope you take in your weeks into your uh faith discussions this week and like every week uh if you want to use those faith to go resources that are on our faith to go website www.myfaith2go.org you are welcome to do so and those are all based on this week's gospel which is from the gospel of john we'd also love to hear uh from any and all of you that listen to the podcast either those who use it just for personal reflection throughout the week or uh, with your families and using those faith to go resources and discussion questions. If you have any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion, or if you want to share your biblically or theologically themed tattoos, mm-hmm. still, still accepting those. That we are. Send those to us, uh, faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can go through the website and contact us, or you can contact us uh, through direct message on Instagram at faith to go. So having said all that, we're going to get to the gospel. Uh, the gospel for this week, May 12th, also Mother's Day, mm-hmm. um, Easter 4 in year C is John 10, 22 to 30. So Jackie is going to read it through and then we're going to uh, jump into our points. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the father's hand. The father and I are one. All right. Nice and short this week after last week's. How long was last week? 19 verses? So long. Yeah, it was pretty long. It was long indeed. Um. This is a, this is a good example of the confusion of the lectionary. Because we're back now in John chapter 10. We've just been like marching through the end of Gospels and then like the resurrection stories at the end of John chapter in chapter 21. And now like without 
any warning we're back 10 chapters earlier you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of it can get kind of confusing because there's still there was still there were still there was still one more story uh after that appearance to peter that we read about last week in the end of john and so you'd think oh it makes sense to finish john and then go on to something else but instead we're back in john chapter 10 so um we kind of have to reorient ourselves because we're not dealing with the resurrected jesus anymore we're dealing with in living flesh unresurrected pre-death jesus which is a different kind of jesus different flavor different brand so we are still in easter but now we're going backwards in time and uh one other thing that would be helpful to explain is what exactly is going on uh, in terms of the setting of the story, because it says at the time, at the time the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem, it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So, um, what what's happening in this story is that the there is a there is a festival that takes place celebrating the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem, which is like the main temple that is that is the one temple that everyone is always talking about, both in Hebrew scripture and in the New Testament stories. And it was the big temple in Jerusalem whose walls are still standing today, but was eventually destroyed in 70 CE in the first century. And since then, the Dome of the Rock, which is that big uh, mosque, has been built on top of the place where the temple used to stand uh, after um, the Muslim nations took back control of Jerusalem uh, in like this eighth century. Wasn't it the Romans though, who brought down the temple? Mm -hmm. Like was it Nero that sacked Jerusalem? Yeah. So the temple was built by Solomon, Mm -hmm. right? One of the Kings of Israel of Judah. Mm -hmm. And then in the sixth century, uh, at the time of the exile from Jerusalem, mm-hmm. when Babylon dis- took over Jerusalem, they destroyed the temple. Mm-hmm. So that was the first temple. It was destroyed, and all the people of Jerusalem were exiled to Sixth Babylon. Sixth century BC, right? Sixth century BC, right? right. Five eighty three BC. And then, when the exile was over and people returned uh, to Jerusalem. Um, they rebuilt the temple, and that is the temple that Jesus is standing in now. So this is the second iteration of the temple, the rebuilt temple. And then this temple will be destroyed by Rome when Rome sacks Jerusalem in the midst of another Jewish revolt at, in, during 70 CE. And that's the last time. That was, that was it. That, right. The temple was destroyed. The Jewish people were sent out from Jerusalem and... It All was, that's left is the weeping wall, right? Exactly. Wall. Yeah. yeah. So this portico of Solomon is supposed to be the one part of the temple that was left from the original temple that Solomon built. Okay, so there's this temple that Solomon built. That's destroyed. This one is the second temple, but there's this part, this portico, that was part of what Solomon so built portico, in the like original. portico like a breezeway? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what a portico is. Yes, yeah, I think it's like an open-air kind of room section and then the feast of the dedication is a commemoration of of uh this it's essentially hanukkah what we know to be hanukkah today hanukkah Mm -hmm. means dedication so this is the 
Feast of Hanukkah. This is a celebration of Hanukkah, which is taking place because in 164 BC, mm-hmm. um, the Maccabean revolt, Judas Maccabeus, mm-hmm. took back the temple from what had been like Roman occupation of it, Greek occupation of it, and the Romans had set up their own altar and made sacrifices to Zeus and done this whole desecration of the Jewish temple. And so this is a commemoration of the day that they took back the temple and and uh, and 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 did like the required burnt offerings for eight days. So Hanukkah is eight days long because they did these what was supposed to be done in the temple for eight days to restore it to its you know previous sanctity. But they didn't have enough oil to last eight days, but it did. Exactly. It lasted all eight. So Jackie has the first point. Whew. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, let me just hand it on over to her. <laughs> Enjoy that. Um, my point uh, comes from these people that are doubting who Jesus is. And... It's easy for us to read the Bible and to see the disciples and to want to be like the disciples. But um, in reality, you know, I think if we are honest with ourselves and, and honest with who we are, there are a lot more moments where we side with those that doubt who Jesus is. Uh, so I actually have an excerpt from a book. It's called Searching for Sunday by Rachel Hill Evans, and uh, it's from chapter 26, Easter Doubt. It will bother you off and on like a rock in your shoe, or startle you like a first crash of thunder in a summer storm, or lodge itself beneath your skin like a splinter, or show up again the uninvited guest whose heavy footsteps you'd recognize anywhere, appearing at your front door with a suitcase in hand at the worst possible time. Doubt will pull you farther out to sea like riptide. Or hold your head under as you drowned, triggered by an image, a question, something the pastor said, something that doesn't add up, the unlikelihood of it all, the too-good-to-be-trueness of it, the way the lady in the thick perfume behind you sings, up from the grave he arose, with confidence in every single line of that song, and then you've managed to muster in the past two years. Has it really been that long? And you'll be sitting in a dress you pulled out from the back of your closet, swallowing down the bread and wine, not believing a word of it. Not a word. So you'll fumble through these back pocket prayers, help me in my unbelief, while everyone around you moves on to verse 2, verse 3, verse 4 without you. You will feel their eyes on you, and you will recognize their concern behind their cheery greetings. We haven't seen you in a while. So good to have you back. And you will know that they're thinking exactly what you used to think about Easter Sunday Christians. Nominal, lukewarm, indifferent. But you won't know how to explain that there is nothing nominal or lukewarm or indifferent about standing in this hurricane of questions every day, staring down one until you've mustered all the bravery and fortitude that it takes just to whisper one of them out loud on a car ride home. What if we made up this because we're afraid of death? And you won't know how to explain why in that moment when the whisper rose out of your mouth like Jesus from the grave, You felt more alive and awake and resurrected than you have in ages because at least it was out. At least it was said. At least it wasn't buried in your chest anymore, clawing for freedom. And if you're lucky, someone in the car will recognize the bravery of that act. If you're lucky, there will be a moment of holy silence before someone wonders out loud such a question might put a damper on Easter brunch. But if you're not, 
If the question gets answered too quickly or the silence goes on too long, please know that you're not alone. There are other people singing words to hymns they're not sure they believe today. Other people digging out dresses from the backs of their closet today. And other people ruining Easter brunch today. And other people just showing up today. And sometimes, just showing up, burial spices in hand, is all it takes to witness a miracle. Mm. So what I love about that passage and about this, the story, is that that, that doubt doesn't necessarily make you a bad follower you know and there are a lot of ways in which that doubt and that questioning and asking those questions can help deepen your faith and getting those answers and talking to Jesus more and being able to hear his answers give you an opportunity to go deeper into your faith and to sometimes release your doubt and sometimes to add more doubt and cause more questions but that journey of doubting and answering and figuring it out and grappling with it is what faith and what a faith journey is all about. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, knowing things has never led anyone to transformation. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Knowing them for certain, yeah. So the only thing I think that does ever form us and change us and make us human is being able for however long we can to do exactly what she's saying, which is to hold ourselves deep in the questions and continuing to let them multiply before our eyes. Because the more we ask, we never get the questions answered. They just keep leading to more questions. But I think that, I, I think that that is, um, if there's anything that the church, like Big C Church, should could be able to do for us, it is to create a space for our questions and not jumping to answers, but be able right, to right. surround the questions with, like she's saying, the appropriate amount of silence and then appropriate wondering in response. Right. Well, um, it also kind of ties into my thing. Thanks for sharing that, Jackie, because you were talking about hearing the response from God and I wanted to kind of touch on what that is, you know, because I've never just like the different ways that when Jesus talks about the sheep hearing his voice and he knows us and they, we follow him and what that looks like for all of us. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of bring up, um, what does it mean to hear God? You know, in, in movies, it's like this deep booming, like voice, but when have we maybe felt the most called by God, the most connected to God, when we've maybe, like, shaken our heads in agreement, like, yes, I hear you, I get it, I understand. Um, and if that has ever happened, if not, that's okay. But perhaps we haven't been looking in the right places. Maybe it hasn't been readily readily recognizable. But, like, you know, maybe times that I could say that I feel like I've heard God, so to speak, has been, like, in my own voice. So we've also heard it described in the Bible as like a st- small, still voice and in silence and in crying and in laughter and in the places we least expect, um, in simple words and like complex riddles. And I just, I just invite people to think about it's not as simple as 
hi, Maya, come and follow me. You know, it's not, oh, Paul, why or Saul, why are you persecuting me? We don't all get those really clear, direct interactions. Some people do. Go them. <laughs> I'm happy for you. But it's, um, and what I also think is really interesting about all this is that, you know, in chapter 9, Jesus talks about spiritual blindness and not seeing him. And, well, he talks about in John mainly, there's a lot of things about, you know, you're not seeing me, you're not, you're hearing, well, you, you see, but you don't be- believe, you hear, but you don't believe. And so what does it mean to, I guess, interact with God in all of our faculties and not just in, like, sight and hearing, but, like, what other ways can we do that, you know? Um, sometimes I feel like the times that I felt, like, most connected to God, it's been, like, I described it as, like, a wave of dread. I know dread isn't the right word, but it's felt like when your stomach drops. And it's just been this, like, this growing feeling, and that's, like, the closest thing I can um, describe is, like, this spreading dread. I don't know. I always get goosebumps, too, which is crazy, but, you know. But I, I I think the really hard part about this and about Maya's point is, like, when you when you're in that place of doubt and when you're in that place where you're not sure that you can hear Jesus or you're not sure how he's talking to you how that um like in some ways feels like a spiral you know like they kind of build upon each other mm-hmm. and so how do you how do you have people or have moments that that like pull you out of that or that make you aware for a minute so that you can see something or, you know, how do you have those moments to draw you back in? Mm-hmm. I guess is my question. Oh, that whole thing kind of ties into, I think mine follows from that. My point, which is, kind of, it's, it's, I'm the way I, I'm, it's like going back to this idea of the place that they are in. And then kind of taking the beginning and end of this reading so, and reading them together. So Jesus is standing in the portico of Solomon in this temple where they are celebrating its rededication as like a place of – like a holy set-apart place of worshiping and interacting with and coming into contact with God and God's presence. And specifically in this portico of Solomon, which is like the original, like original to this place, like the original place where Jesus is, the people of Jesus's like Jewish heritage came to Jerusalem and, and together built this temple where they would come to interact with and, and experience the presence of God. And and then this whole history of constantly trying to like take back that place and and preserve that place and keep that place holy, and and then Jesus at the end here I think is like trying to invite us to expand on that um, holy place, like expand on that cultural awareness of God's presence among us, and saying the Father and I are one. So that not only can we say that there are these places where we can go to feel God's presence, but that we are ourselves places of God's presence. That God not only dwells in this holy place of the temple 
and the portico of Solomon, but that God dwells in each and every one of us, that we are each, we each are this temple as much as this physical place is this temple where the presence of God is felt. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say there's, there's a lot of like religious and especially anti-Semitic dynamics going on in John's gospel. And especially in passages like this, where it's talking about the Jews Mm -hmm. doing things and interacting with Jesus. And I don't think, I think that we can read this and say, it's not that Jesus is saying you don't need this place anymore. But but recognizing that this place is an important and holy part of a, of his heritage, and not only that, but he's inviting the people there to recognize that they are also not instead of, but also temples and holy places where God dwells, and and that we can have that assurance as well. Mm-hmm. And in knowing that, we can we can know that when we are having those doubts and do having those questions and feeling like we're plummeting into some sort of depth, that what we're really doing is being held and plummeting into that void in our, in us, which is God Mm. that like Mm. there is no place where we are devoid of God's presence, no matter what questions we're asking. Right. And to like come back to the temple and to rebuild the temple is like coming back to ourselves and coming Mm. back to that place where God Mm. resides within us. Yeah. And rebuilding that relationship and turning inward, and yeah, yeah, and that that's so cool. And like that whole history that we just talked about of the temple is that not our history as well? Like right. constantly feeling like we've gone, like we've taken the wrong step, and like that we've hurt ourselves, and that we've been oh, torn yeah. down, and, and we've been rebuilt. Yeah, and like reclaiming, and like mm-hmm. celebrating our own reclaiming, mm-hmm. and and like. God never left that place. Right, exactly. Even Ooh, if it was like know. de like desecrated and yeah. and torn down and broken and the people left um the place, it's, God didn't leave the place. Right. God was in the place and with the people. At the you know, all the everywhere, time. Everywhere, all the time. And so you were never not holy. Right. You know. No matter what has happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so, that's three points. Look at that. Whew. Pretty good. So um, to review, the mm-hmm. first point was Jackie's, uh, and Jackie talked. Uh, Jackie shared. She shared that um, um, part of Rachel Held Evans' book about doubt, uh, highlighting the importance of doubt in our life of faith and the holiness of that experience, and, and being able to hold our questions instead of jumping to trying to jump to answers. Maya uh, talked about being able to hear the voice of Jesus, the voice of God and, um, the, the challenges and joys of, of our life of faith and searching out that voice. And then I highlighted for number three, this expanding of the place of God's presence, uh, to each and every one of us, every single one of the people that were there with Jesus and every single one of the people that exists today. And that we can be assured that we are, we are in God's presence and God's presence is in us wherever we are. So after hearing that discussion, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. 
So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. No one can snatch it from my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast for the week of March 12th, Easter 4, Year C. Uh, make sure to go check out all of those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Send us any and all of your questions, comments, and stories from this week of faith discussion to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can direct message us and follow us on Instagram at faith to go. Make sure to go rate and review this podcast to help other people that might be interested find it easier on on, on their iTunes uh, or other podcast hosting apps. And until next week, we say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.